It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 31. And we're going to be giving back a little bit tonight for a good cause. And Rico rides a goozy. Mr. Hogan, how you doing? Doing good. California. California. Word party. As in goozy. California. California. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Knows how to party. Uh, well, let's make it a trio. Mr. Miracle, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good tonight. Got tomorrow off. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I, it's, I didn't think about this before the show to let you guys know, but let's give a shout out to all our vets because tomorrow's Veterans Day, so let's thank them for all the service they provide us and protect our wonderful country. Absolutely. Amen. I second that. Or, or third. Rico went second, so. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're slow to the gun tonight, Rich. I am slow. But I do yeah. have a glass of OMB copper, so that puts me in one step ahead of Rico. Well, it sure does. <laughs> well, I'm having some good old Red's Wicked Apple tonight. Uh, Johnny into the liquor. Look at you. So, yeah. yeah. Enrico, you said you were drinking wine earlier. Is that true? I was drinking wine earlier. That's right. All right. We won't tell anybody. All right. Keep that between just you and I. Yeah, I had to pair it with my... Uh, my um, uh, sunburst trout, form raised trout. So it was nice. You didn't berry. have to. It was your choice. I didn't have to, but, you know, I wanted to compliment my meal. So an IPA there would be a good choice, too. That's true. That's true. A little hot or some or, or some OMB. That's true. It's too far west. <laughs> <laughs> I well, you could like hop in the car, it. take a drive to Charlotte, you know? Yeah. I did pick up a 12-pack when I was out that way last. I was going to ask you, how long did that last? Uh, I'm still in it. I, I I do it sparingly, so I have maybe once a, once, one a week. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I've got, before we talk about your, your Goozy ride, i got one quick little mention here. So uh, last episode, we talked about um, setting up a donation page on our site, which we did. Um, so that's fully functional. And thank you for the first couple that went in and, and tested the link. I do appreciate it. Uh, but I just wanted to mention two quick things on that, and then we'll get started. But the first thing is the the amounts that are there are just kind of suggestions, and it's just kind of a way for us to just put some ideas, right? Like the $10 amount just says, you know, X amount of hours of media processing and, you know, so much money for web hosting and things like that. But that's not a minimum, right? So you could, if you want to make it five, you know, whatever, feel free to knock that down just didn't want people to think that $10 was like a minimum. <laughs> and then the second thing is, if you if you do donate to the show, there will be a, a little checkbox in the process that asks if you want to subscribe to our newsletter. And what we'll use that for is kind of like a little insider uh, mailing, if you will. So we'll, we'll try to send out like a weekly uh, email, just kind of tell you what we're working on for future shows and things like that. And so it's kind of like a mini- Patreon, I guess, if you will, without having it fully set up. So just something we can do here in the interim. And John, Rico, I'm I'm still waiting for you guys to test it out. Hint, hint. Oh. 
<laughs> okay. I'll get on that tomorrow. You get right on that. Awesome. So Rico's been doing a little shopping for his wife, who is a new rider, right? We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was kind of a lot of bike, but an interesting choice. So tell us what you took a spin on recently. So, yeah, I took out a 2014 Moto Guzzi. Moto Guzzi. Moto Guzzi. California. Nice. Yeah. All blacked out with chrome. Nice looking bike. Nice looking bike, I must say. And I've always wanted to test drive this particular bike. It's interesting to me. Um, one, just how the cylinder heads stick out the way they do. And I've always kind of admired them from afar, you know, and and never really got the opportunity to talk to anyone that had one to see what they were like. So I wanted to, you know, when when I was out your way, Rich, I suggested that we do something for the show and test ride this bike. I'm glad we did because it opened my eyes. Nice. In a bunch of different ways. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess mission accomplished for the show, but in terms of a bike for Wendy, I think it's a no-go, right? Right, definitely not. <laughs> the bike for Wendy at all. Although it seemed balanced and comfortable though. And it definitely, you know, it fit the low seat height. Um, it was probably fairly maneuverable, but the thing yeah. I noticed was how wide it was in the, in the seat there. Yes. Yes. And, um, like you said, yeah, the, the seating position is exactly what she wants. Kind of an upright position. The other thing about this bike, it had floorboards instead of foot pegs. Yeah, interesting. Which, yeah. And it had a, a heel toe shifter. On a Moto Guzzi, you know, normally you'll see that on, you know, like a Harley or something, right? Yeah, I equate that to more of a touring bike, and this to me is more in the cruiser family. And yeah, like the heel toe shifter and floorboards. Hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and after riding it, I was like, well, why wouldn't you just put foot pegs on this bike? Yeah. Because it's a rocket, to tell you the truth. Fourteen hundred cc's. And um, what a beast. And there's a couple different modes you can put it in. And, and forgive me because I don't ha- have them off the top of my head. But the one that he put it in for me was velocity mode. Oh. And <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it sounds it. If you want the sports field, this is the one you you want to put it in because, man, it turned this thing into a total beast. And it was a beast, not only in the performance, but in how it handled which threw me a little bit. Well, I, so I got I to gotta ask you. So when we were on the highway, and I guess for the listeners, I was following Rico with the GoPro camera. So I was kind of playing cameraman, following him with my deuce. So when you did your brake check and then your blast on the highway, was that wide open? And do you happen to know which gear you were in? Oh, they're going to call me out on that one. No. Well, just for comparison, um, because I had... I think it, I was in fourth gear. Because I, cause it was a six-speed, so I dropped down fourth, yeah, and kind of blew by you a little bit there, riding quite spiritedly. Well, we didn't get a chance to line it up, but I I think I knocked down one gear, so I was either in fifth or fourth, depending on um, how fast we were going at the time. And, and yeah, it was it was all I had to keep pace. I mean, not that, not that my bike's a dragster or anything, but right. just for comparison, because I know what mine feels like from, you know, riding it fairly regularly but i just curious to see you know how how much 
Same sort of words. Yeah. How, how wide open were you and for how long? Just so, because I know I was wide open for quite a while. Yeah. Trying to yeah. catch up. And the funny part is, I wasn't wide open. That's what's so crazy about this. It's like, imagine riding a 1,000 cc bike. Oh, okay. Like a, like a 1,000 like cc sport bike. Sport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it felt. Because there was a drivetrain, drive shaft transmission on it, and all that power is going right to the rear wheels. So it takes off. At a blink of an eye, hmm. and it, it, it was a handful to kind of to handle, <laughs> for lack of a better word, there, um, because at that high speed it felt fairly comfortable. But as you come off the gas, and like if I was coming to a stop, or if I blipped the motor, kind of um, rocked it, back and forth, it, or yeah, the motor rocked back and forth, then you can feel the sway in the bike when you blip the motor, which was kind of unnerving to me because I've never experienced that on any other bike, you know, where when you blip the motor, it shakes the bike altogether. So um, even if you're coming to a stop, there's a built-in vibration they added to this bike, which I, I don't know if I like it that much. But, you know, after you get over, I guess, 2,500, 3,000, it's smooth as butter. I mean, just rock solid. You don't feel any vibration. It's real a really smooth riding bike when it's not going at slow speeds. Huh. All right. Well, one thing I, I got to say is I, I'll hand it to Guzzi for, for sticking with that design. I mean, in this day and age, to still have the, the cylinders poking out the side of the bike like that, that's it's cool to see. And I'm, I'm glad they still ha- they still make it that way, you know, instead of just okay, well, we're going to do a parallel twin or, you know, go to the V-twin route, right? Like what we ride. Right. Um, it, it's cool to see it. Cool to see those engines around. And the other thing, too, I was expecting to get a lot more heat um, from those cylinder heads sticking out right by your legs, right? Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't ha- I didn't feel any heat coming off those cylinder heads, which was nice because I was always concerned about this bike having a lot of heat, you know, flying into your lap, but non-existent in this particular ride. I don't know if it's being stuck in traffic, how much heat will come out of the bike, but um, fairly cool. Neat. Might add. Yeah. So overall, you were impressed. It was it was fast. It handled well. A little bit of vibration you didn't like, but but overall, it was a, a hoot to ride. Yes, it was. And if you're looking for a fast cruiser-type bike and you want something different, and you know the other it's kind of like a muscle car. You know how a muscle car kind of sits yep. at low speeds and it just kind of rumbles back and forth. Yeah, I think that's I think that was part of the design. I think when the Jim was telling us about this bike and the characteristics of it, I think they built that that rock in because some of the other riders at the time other uh, you know from other bike styles like Harley or whatnot, they were it was just too smooth. It needed a little I guess they just they wanted to have a little shimmy to it. Huh. But I think it's just a little bit too much of a shimmy. Um, where as a pretty good rider, I think this bike, you you have to be a seasoned rider to, to have this bike. I think a novice, I don't think too much. it's too much. And it, the behavior and the characteristics of this bike is a little, um, if you're not ready for it, could be trouble. Yeah. It could be trouble. Yeah. Cause it's a totally different bike altogether especially like if you're taking slow turns or whatever i'm sorry i'm kind of ranting about it but as this stuff is yeah popping up in my head uh, i'm trying to say well these are 
these are some of the parts, you know, especially looking for a bike for my wife. If she was to have, if she was to be riding this particular bike, these are things she's going to be wanting and picking at that she don't like about it. All right. If that makes sense. So, yeah. So the, it's got the right amount of speed. It's got the right riding position that she's looking for. Um, just maybe not the right character, you know, in terms of the way, like you said, the shimmy and the shake at low speeds, probably a little upsetting for her at this time. Uh, but hey, maybe something that she grows to enjoy over the years, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe after yeah. a couple of years in, in the saddle, then you go go try it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you let out one little possible thing for the future there. So uh, uh, a gentleman by the name of Jim, and his last name escapes me for the moment, um, over at Matthew's Fun Machine, uh, he's like a, a Guzzi aficionado. So he, he's been riding them for years, probably decades, and knows a lot about the Guzzi history. So we're going to try and get him on the show. Maybe we'll do an entire Moto Guzzi episode. That'd be great, because I'm... I still like to know a little bit more history about the bikes. Absolutely. Yep. Because they are nice looking. Well, and it was funny listening to, uh, we'll give a quick shout out to our, our buddies over at the Motorcycle Men. They were talking about one of the Guzis recently. And I forget which one, but it was funny to hear them kind of chuckle about the, the specs and the, and the bike itself. So maybe we should have them, have Ted try out, you know, get one of those on his ride to Florida. Try it out. You muted again? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I lost him. <laughs> so they talked about the uh, Moto Guzzi Davello. It's the one they talked about. S-T-E-L-V-I-O. Oh, Stel- Stelvo or something like that? Yeah. Anyway. And there is three map selections on the on the uh, California there, Rico. And he did put you in the... Uh, Oh, uh, the velocity one, which is the one designed for the most sport, reactive, and designed for the sport use of the vehicle. X torque, okay. And and uh, reading the manual, it says it's important. Important only experienced riders riding on roads with good traction are advised to to use this mode. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, he he concurs. <laughs> yeah. So. so there you go. And then they have another mode. Uh, Designed for wet services to help lower the torque. Yeah, because it is a beast in that velocity mode. And if you're not an experienced rider, forget about it. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, as I'm looking around, well, not really looking around, but as I've sort of fallen for the Modus MST, I'm sort of looking around for alternatives. And I was looking at the Kawasaki Concours, I think is what they call it, which is kind of like a a ZX-10R, Rico, like we talked about last episode. Okay, yeah. In touring trim. So, <laughs> as crazy as that sound, take like a ZX-10, uh, they put shaft drive on it, nice big touring fairing in the front, hard bags, things like that, change the ergonomics a little bit, and that's basically uh, their sport touring bike. And it's like 16 grand. It's not that bad. Yeah. So and The one that... The one that we saw at the dealership was even lo- less than that, I believe. Yeah, it was a leftover. Guy picked up a heck of a deal. But what I was starting to say is Moto Guzzi, um, I need to put a little more feeling into that, right? So Moto Guzzi, <laughs> <laughs> they have a similar bike where they take that same engine and put it into like a more touring chassis, you know, more fairing, bags, stuff like that. 
So I want to check that out. I want to get back over there and ride one of those just as, like I said, as like a modus alternative. Right, right. And it is nice. Yeah, I tell you, it's a nice riding bike. It's really, really smooth. I think Ted might need one of these on his trip down to Florida. You know, if he, especially if he comes to see me, he's going to need that to keep up with me. Oh, yep. <laughs> to keep up. <laughs> so, Rich, you need to go look at the, uh, if you're looking at the uh, Modus and, and the Kawasaki, go look at the BMW models. The uh, R1200 is only 18. Still talking. Just kidding. <laughs> what? BMW? Come on. I don't think so. It's you not, never know. Not for me. You might get on it and love it. You know, it's it's not about loving it. Like, you know, it's like the old phrase, if if you get off your bike and you don't turn around and look at it, you're on the wrong bike. And I'm not sure I would ever get off a BMW and turn around and look at it. You'll run from it. Well, it would just be like, yeah, it's great. You know, the tech is great. I'm sure it handles well and rides nice, but. It's like, oh, look at the time. It's like, <laughs> it's, cool. it's like looking at a scab. I mean, it's. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Sorry to all my BMW riders out there. <laughs> not, not trying to. He didn't mean know, it that way. <laughs> not to try to say anything, Rich, but look at the, if you're looking at the Kawasaki and the BMW, they look almost the same. <laughs> and, and Rico had that, B, that, that what, M3 there, Rico? Bring up that yeah. sore subject again. And you loved it, right? I, I did. Maybe it's all the tiredness getting to me. Yeah, we'll blame it on that. All right. <laughs> okay, just just help me out there. But you're right. BMW is in that family. So Kawasaki Concours, uh, the big one from Guzzi, and there's a couple other ones. So I'm kind of looking around to see what other kind of sporty touring bikes are out there. And maybe I'll start throwing a leg over those. Check them out. Throw on, my brother. Throw, throw on. All right, so before we get too far, let's get to our big topic. So, well, hey, one one thing before what? going back to the motorcycle men, they did put a nice link in our in, in their site for us too. A nice little link. It's kind of funny what they say. Um, they say uh, loud pipes guys talk about anything on wheels, especially Indians and motors. <laughs> and motors <laughs> and motors. Oh, motors. Okay. So, well, awesome. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of glossed over it. So. We, we do encourage everyone to check out Motorcycle Men and their website is MotorcycleMen.us. And of course, they're on iTunes and probably a bunch of other places as well. Happy now, John? Yeah, I'm, I was just sharing some information tonight. All right. Appreciate it. Got to earn that paycheck. Hey, yeah. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. You know what I'm saying? Although, what's it saying about your browser when you type MO and it autofills Modus? <laughs> Means you, you go to that site much. a lot. Might be a frequently visited site. Are you dreaming about it, Rich? It's nice, and and even it's funny. Not even having, I haven't even ridden the bike, and it's just it's speaking to me. Kind of like victory, you know. Just something about it. It's calling my name. So does that mean the Harley is going to disappear? No, no, the Harley won't go away. But it's just kind of, you know, it'll just be the cruiser bike. We'll get something for the long haul. You know, okay. I too need to keep up with Rico now. So, <laughs> the man couch is coming in quite handy. The man couch, and I look at it every single day. You know, the last week, a week and a half, it's been raining, and I go out to the garage and I look at my baby. I'm like, it'll be okay. We'll get out soon to play. <laughs> we'll talk about that. It should be a pretty nice day tomorrow. 
Yeah, I'm going to get her out tomorrow. Get the wife and take her out for a little ride? Yeah, yep. Okay. But she'll probably want to ride the R6 so she can get some more miles under her belt. All right, our main topic for tonight is we have an interview we're going to play for you. And I have to thank Rico for this one because he set it up after we met a gentleman by the name of Neville Lee when we were down at the Modus block party. So thank you, Rico. You're welcome. Why don't you uh, throw out his uh, website and his contact info? Yeah, so before I play the interview, we just want to mention the the website is called Two Wheels, One Cause, uh, the number two and the number one, um, twowheelsonecause.com. And a gentleman by the name of Neville Lee, he goes by Nev, which you'll hear in a few moments. And he has a really interesting cause. So he's a, a bike aficionado. You know, he loves to ride. He actually rides every day, uh, which you'll hear him talk about. He kind of got rid of his car and he's on two wheels every day. That's, that's his mode of transportation. And the other thing is he's also a diabetic. So he's been, he basically set up two wheels, one cause to ride across the U S and they do local rides as well. Um, spread awareness and, you know, help people get the help they need or at least get the information that they need. Uh, you will hear the enthusiasm in his voice as, as he, um, as we go through the interview, I mean, he, you know, to do what he's doing, you know, and not get paid to want to spread the word. This is something he generally cares about people and getting the awareness out to everyone about, you know, diabetes, you know, suggest that everybody, you know, get tested if you suspect yeah. that you may may have it. And I think um, that in itself is, um, you know, touching that somebody that doesn't have any corporate ties is just, you know, found out um, um, that he had it. Friends of his have had it. And, and I won't give out the whole story, but, you know, the touching stories that brought him to this point in his life to want to do this is, yep. you know, incredible. And I, I think if more people to do this, the country would be a better place. Yeah, and and like I said, they, we're going to play play the interview here for everyone, and it is quite long; it's about fifty minutes. And like I said, want to mention the website so people can check it out either while you're listening or you know if you don't get all the way to the end. Uh, so again, it's two wheels, one cause, the number two and the number one dot com, and they've got a, a donate button there if you want to donate to them directly. They also have. Um, information on the routes and rides that they're doing and and other ways to to give support as well so yeah that would that would be my ask for this episode if if you were going to donate to our show then you know flip it over to nev for his uh his effort little tidbit from my side of information is and maybe you remember rich but you know dad my dad had uh was diagnosed with diabetes and lived 25 years with it and you know it's nothing to mess around with because and, and it's what I feel that killed him. Um, it just, the medicine just destroyed his kidneys and sent him in renal failure. Yeah. And so it's a, it's not a, it's not a, um, something to play around with. Huh? Yeah. You need to, you know, watch your numbers and, and watch your diet. And it is, you know, and, and this is when I was growing up. I mean, living with him and going through it and watching him and, all the tracks, and if you didn't have it under the certain numbers and everything, it's just, it just messes up your whole body. And to even give another story is when he came down here to North Carolina, he went to the doctor, and the, and the doctor saw him the second time when he was down here and pretty much sat down and says, George, I want to tell you right here, right now, 
you don't get diabetes under control, your sugar under control, you'll be dead in two years. I mean, to have a doctor yeah. sit there and just That's point up, call, huh? tell you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the, the the doctor from up in New York would go, so how are you feeling? He'd go, fine. And his sugar, well, sugar was 200, and he's like, okay, go right ahead. Wow. So I, I've had a few people that I know, two family, or dad and then uh, a close friend of the family's uh, both had diabetes and so I'm glad he's doing it, and it was a. I feel it's a good cause just to get my little absolutely point yep. in there. So. Yep. So yeah, we're all affected, as as you'll hear here in a minute. You know, probably most of the country, if not the world, is in some way affected by it. So um, have a listen. You know, the the passion hopefully will come through. I mean, we certainly feel that he's very passionate about it, and do uh, whatever we can to support the cause. So here we go. All right. So we're going to start with a, or sorry, we're going to continue on with our episode here and we're going to bring in a gentleman that we ran into at modus at the modus block party on our epic road trip down to birmingham and gentleman by the name of neville lee and he goes by nev he's got a great cause that he's going to talk about um it's motorcycle related and it's also for a very good cause so uh nev welcome on to loud pipes hey guys how's it going thanks for having me doing good my friend yeah no problem so yeah, tell us a little bit about your your cause. So I know it's called uh, Two Wheels One Cause, and it's mainly centered around um, spreading information on on diabetes. So why don't you go ahead and give us some background on your cause? Well, I started Two Wheels One Cause in um, 2014. Uh, I wanted to combine two passions that I have: one being a motorcycle enthusiast, and the other being a type two diabetic. And um, it initially started just on a whim. I mean, I literally started or thought of it about 60 days before I actually did the ride itself. Um, I went from Tampa, Florida to Los Angeles, California, um, called upon some friends and things that kind of helped me out along the way. Um, the idea is, is I lost a friend in college, um, because he was, he was and we weren't. Um, unaware of the signs of diabetes. And so, you know, by the time we graduated, he had got married um, a few months after that and had a little girl and um, got diagnosed or found out he had it and, it, and died three months later. So, wow. oh, you know, it kind of hit me because it, it was all because of the lack of knowledge. Um, he could have lived a long life uh, if he did have the knowledge and if we even were able to recognize um, that those signs. And I feel it, it hit me extra hard because my dad's a captain on the fire department, retired, um, mm-hmm. and then my mom's a nurse. So even with all that, I still didn't know signs of diabetes. Um, even with myself, um, I think I started getting signs in 2005. And I was diagnosed in 2006 um, with uh, type two. So, so Nev, what what are the signs? Well, it's a lot. Um, you, you know, some of the signs, you know, dry mouth, um, extreme being tired a lot, um, a craving for sugar, which is counterproductive, but that's one of the signs. Um, blurry vision or headaches. And the thing that's kind of difficult is, is those things individually, you'll just think, hey, I worked extra late today or it's been stressful or whatever the case may be. And you might not link them up together um, as being a sign for a diabetic. So the best way I say is to look at your history, look at your family history, um, look at, you know, your lifestyle history 
and say, hey, you know, am I more at risk or less at risk? And then just get tested. You know, yeah. um, the American Diabetes Association does a great job of um, doing a pretest to see if you're um, more likely to to uh, have diabetes. And then that way, you know, you, you take that test and then you go down to your doctor to confirm one way or another. Yeah, that's actually part of the, you know, part of what drew us into your cause is both of my parents have uh, type 2 and, you know, that's something I keep a pretty close eye on. Just, you know, make, you know, have myself tested from time to time just to make sure everything's in check. But, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes the warning signs are just not there. Like you said, you may work late, just feel tired. You're not really sure why you're thirsty all the time and, and you don't put two and two together. Yep. Yep. And that's, you know, and that's why we do this awareness ride. And, you know, the general demographic of most of the riders, um, especially down here in Florida are, you know, you're 35, 40 plus. So they're more prone to be in that kind of danger zone of either having it or, or right. have it not know, know it, not know it. Yeah. So, um, not to say young people can't get it. I run across people all the time that, you know, little kids and, and, um, young adults like myself. I was what, 26 when I found out I had type two. So, but you know, I want people to just understand that this is a, a huge issue. You know, it's almost 30 million Americans that have it and almost another 70 million Americans that have prediabetes. Hmm. So um, it's a huge issue. I mean, that's a third of the country we're talking about. That's at risk. And in one way or another, it affects us all. Either we have it, know someone directly who has it, or we're paying on the back end because um, we're you know, paying for somebody's uh, insurance who was, who wasn't aware right. <laughs> um, on the front end. So, all right. Well, you, you kind of glossed over a little bit, but I don't, I don't know if people caught the, the full scope of that. So the ride was from Florida to Los Angeles. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> Tampa, Florida. Uh, people say, man, that's a, that's a crazy ride. And, and, and mind you, I'm going by myself, you know, um, this what? is mm. going into the third year and um, both years so far. Uh, I've been going by myself and uh, it's it's a challenge. Um, I can't think of it that I'm going from Tampa to L.A. I have to think of it. Hey, I'm going from Tampa to my first stop right. in Alabama right. and then for my second stop. In <laughs> point Street, to point. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, because, you, yeah. you know, you average around 500 or so miles a day. I mean, you're dealing with um, the, the ride is in May, um, which is a motorcycle safety awareness month. And um, yeah, that was done purposeful. Uh, for two reasons. One, the weather is breaking and you're, you're getting out of the cold. Um, but you're not in July since it's a southern route. I didn't want it to be toasty, too toasty. Right. Um, but you know, I'm dealing with a lot of crazy weather and, and things. And, um, I try to correlate those challenges of, of riding every day to the challenges of being a diabetic. Okay. So, uh, in your preparation of, getting ready for this trip, what are some of the things you prepare for, uh, not only physically, mentally, uh, bike-wise, and stuff like that? Well, <laughs> like I mentioned before, my dad's a, a fireman and my mom's a nurse, so I'm, I was year one, I had everything <laughs> that you can think of, <laughs> short of another person. Um, you know, uh, safety equipment, um, uh, just flat tire, anything you could think of, you know, I probably had with me. Um, but, you know, first it all starts with your vehicle. You know, um, I had a VMAX at the time, uh, 2005. And uh, 
if anybody knows about VMAX, is they're horrible on gas and they only have a three gallon tank. So that wasn't going <laughs> that wasn't going to cut it. It's like riding an old Sportster. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, <laughs> with a lot more power. <laughs> yeah, but um, so I went and got a uh, Honda VTX thirteen hundred, and uh, nice. you know, and that was my first cruiser. So it was a it was a different world for me. But um, anyway, I loaded it up, made sure got it checked, got it checked again, make sure everything was good, and um, and luckily. Through my professional career as an industrial designer, I've met a lot of people and lived a lot of places in the Southern route. So it was only maybe one city that I stopped in um, from here all the way to L.A. that I did not know someone. Um, and that helped with the security and comfort level of, you know, my girlfriend, my parents, family and things that, hey, you know, they know that I should be checking in at some point. Um I also started up or used a GPS tracker that I was able to invite my family to. So at any given time, they can ping me and find within 10 feet of where I was at. So I think that kind of helped settle the mind, their minds. For me, it didn't bother me. I was gung ho. I mean, I'm like, hey, <laughs> let's go. Right. Let's get it done. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Cool. What's the name of that application that you use for your GPS tracker? Uh, it's like, I think it's spot. just simply GPS tracker. Um, okay. Yeah, this year I'm actually going to buy a satellite phone because I'm um, leaving uh, Tampa, heading up to Seattle, Vancouver, then going to L.A. and then back to Tampa. So from everything I hear, once you get up in those mountains and uh, Wyoming and Montana and that region, um, reception is pretty horrible. So I want to make sure that um, I'm still accessible to the, the rest of the world, especially it looks like I'm going to be going by myself again this year. Wow. Now hold on. Don't get a title to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to ask. So then, you know, at each checkpoint, then do you have, I guess, sort of like organized events, like other people you've sort of partnered with for, you know, raising awareness or things like that along the way? You know, how are you handling that stuff at your stops? Well, um, Year one, we had two stops and um, where we had events. And uh, one was in Shreveport, Louisiana. I designed a museum there, um, Southport Discovery Center. And, um, and in L.A., we had a small event there. Um, I also lived in Burbank for a while. So, But year two, we started getting sponsors in. And um, and we got the backing of the American Diabetes Association and they have branches all throughout the country in the major cities. And so they kind of helped helped me distribute information. They offered volunteers, helped me get connected with people in cities that I might have not had connections with to um, create events. Um, This last year, I want to say we had some eight seven, eight events um, throughout the, the, the total path. So starting in Tampa, um, you know, going through, I think uh, we had one in Louisiana. We had one in L.A. again. Um, it was a lot bigger at uh, Bartels Harley in in uh, L.A. area. And then we had a huge event here um, in St. Petersburg at uh, Quaker Steak and Lou where we averaged uh, probably about 800 bikes a night at a weekly bike night. Nice. So, so, um, you know, the community was there. Um, the backing was there. And, uh, so now we're just trying to 
make sure we fill it with information and, and passion. Wow, that's a huge undertaking as far as, you know, setting it all up, getting the people together and setting up the facilities and all that. So who helps you in preparation for all that? Or do you, that's something you do all by yourself? Well, most of it I do myself. I mean, you know, I do get support from some family and friends and things. And, um, you know, we don't have a budget per se that I could hire a marketing team or that would be great. <laughs> right. Um, because, you know, it's me and I'm on the road and I've ridden for 12 hours and then I got to make calls or do emails. And, you know, so it gets kind of daunting um, because people, they need a centralized person to, to talk to. Um, and maybe it's me and I just have it all in my head to some degree. And I'm, you know, the main contact person, either way, whether it's somebody who's helping me or the direct contact, um, you know, they end up having to talk to me anyway. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's, that's interesting. So we'll get to, you know, your sponsorship and your donations here in a minute. But Mm -hmm. so if, if someone wanted to help out or let's say someone wanted to set up another event along the way, is that something they would contact you directly for? Yes. So maybe not like a a big stop, but you know, if you've got a small gathering of people, let's say in, in Texas somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, we could have a small gathering when you, when you go through that area, something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I actually ran into a few people along the way that, um, expressed interest in doing something like that. Uh, when I went, w- this year I'm going out west again and next year I'm going to be going up the east coast. So, um, the person I talked to was, I believe in Tennessee and they were thinking about putting on an event. They were a um, business owner and, uh, had a passion for diabetes. Actually, they just found out that their daughter, um, had, uh, type one diabetes and she was turning seven. So, um, they expressed interest in having an event and putting on something in there, but yeah, you, uh, Interested individuals will definitely contact me. Um, and then if it's along the path, then we will work out a schedule, um, you know, and then, you know, type of event. And um, as, as an industrial designer, I can do all the artwork and everything for the promotions, uh, flyers and whatnot, and, um, and go from there. Cool. So how, how can they reach out and talk, uh, get in touch with you uh, to find out more or set up an event? Well, um, they can contact me at uh, two wheels one cause at gmail.com or go to two wheels one cause.com and um, go to the contact us page and that'll send a direct email to myself. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I was looking at your website and I noticed your birthplace is from Cleveland, Ohio. So, do you actually trek back? To Cleveland, because I say that because I'm from Cleveland, <laughs> and I'm curious to see if we run the same streets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I try to get back there every couple of years. Um, unfortunately, like sometimes I work on these projects, and since I'm the designer, it's hard to kind of get away. Um, and uh, but on the other side of it, I have a lot of friends that and family that come visit me here. Uh, I convinced my mom to move down to Tampa. I'm like, why should I go in the cold, come down in the, the, the warmth and coziness of Tampa? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's always a fun conversation to get people to come down here to enjoy a little sun and fun. 
Right. I'm still working on that and getting my family down this way because they're still in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and um, they keep, when you're coming back up and, you know, I have no desire. Exactly. <laughs> See, I, I'll let you say that because I didn't want to say <laughs> Oh, I say it all constantly. <laughs> I'm imagining Tampa is probably a lot like Charlotte where there's a lot of people from everywhere, but not so many people from the local area. Yes. Or, or less and less. And, you know, I kind of had the same thing. You know, most of my family's in Northeast PA or the lower part of upstate New York. Um, yeah. And it's the same kind of battles. It's like, we're going to come visit you in the wintertime. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you should just stay here. It's good, good <laughs> stuff. Exactly. Snow and shoveling is overrated. <laughs> yeah, just a touch. Just a touch of winter. That's all. Yep. Yep. I can do about a week and maybe a week. And other than that, it's time to go back. So you're a Tampa Bay fan or a Cleveland fan now? Oh, Cleveland, born and raised. Cleveland is just, for for better or worse, (laughs) I'm definitely a Cleveland fan. Um, And, you know, obviously Ohio State as well. Go Bucks. Right. Cool. So getting back on topic here. uh, So what bike are you planning to ride across country this time around? Well, last year I took a 08 Yamaha Warrior um, cross country. Uh, it was initially uh, donated uh, from Morimoto, which is a local bike shop here in uh, the St. Pete area. And um, this year I'm looking to, again, at working with the sponsorship side of things, uh, I might not even know what I'm riding until <laughs> until you show <laughs> <we> up <laughs> closer. Yeah, until we get closer to the time, because um, I'm always looking for something that. Um, that will increase awareness. So if a larger entity says, Hey, we want to sponsor you, then that's great for the cause. You know, I mean, I'll ride whatever, right. As long as it'll get me there and back. But, um, if we can, you know, pull some more interest and, 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 um, awareness, then that will be even better. So, um, if that does not happen, then I'll be taking the, uh, Yamaha warrior again. Cause I did end up buying the bike. Now that's interesting. So you you have a preference to do this trip on a cruiser then for the most part. Well, you know, I was looking at the, um, was that the sport touring, uh, yeah. idea? like the modus or things yeah, like that, Modus, yeah. um, things like that. Um, BMW, uh, Ducati, Multistrada. Um, but I'd never <coughs> Indian. heard. Yeah. Indian. <laughs> quiet, quiet over there. Quiet. You know, um, Harley, <laughs> I, I will tell you this. Um, the idea that I'm riding across the country, or let me say it like this, I'm riding across America in support of the American Diabetes Association. The idea that I will be driving an American motorcycle would be great. So, you know, those Harley dealerships and Victory and Modus guys, you know, if they want to pony up and uh, sponsor this year's ride, that would be great. It would be great. Yeah, we were talking offline. That would be really cool to get someone, you know, like you said, Harley or Victory or someone like that that has a presence across the U.S. Of course. The opportunities to make stops along the way, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And and that's even with the, you know, in regards, uh, going back to the sponsorship things and, and when you talked about events, um, there are some national chains, um, even with uh, in regards to hotels. That, um, if I can say, Hey, I, you know, if you have a storefront in let's say 10 stops that I'm going to make, yeah. um, then that's, uh, we have a lot of media coverage 
And um, that would be great to use those locations as a backdrop to the events. You know, um, that's sure, a part yeah. of the, the, the idea and the, and the um, you kind of lure of sponsoring uh, Two Wheels, One Cause nationally. Right. So I'm envisioning as you take off from Tampa and you're making your certain stops that you'll you'll have these different events set up and you have like a whole day plan at each one of these stops. Is is that the case? Well, um, it all starts with, you know, making sure that I leave. Uh, let me just give you an idea of what a day is in the life of Neville on the road. <laughs> um, so what happens is, is I... I Wake up typically like two, three in the morning, grab a bite to eat, and I leave out as early as possible. Um, that way I can beat the morning uh, rush hour because typically I'm stopping in a major city. So I leave before the morning rush hour. I leave before the heat of the day um, starts. And then I try to end my ride, depending on how far that leg is, uh, say around between noon and three o'clock. And um, once I'm there, um, I try to take a nap and then schedule anything that's going to happen, say, at, at five or, or later. Um, if I know I'm going to have an event that day, I stay there for an extra day. So I'll be there for a full day um, and then leave the following day. So I'm not, uh, you know, running yeah. myself ragged throughout the day and then trying to hop back on the road again to repeat it. So, like, for instance, we had an event in um, Shreveport and I stayed there. Um, two days and actually was delayed an extra day because there were tornadoes. I don't know if you guys remember this, this spring, there were tornadoes in Texas and, um, I literally was right there. <laughs> so I had to Shut stay up. there, um, and waited out a day and, uh, and then I ended up fighting a lot of rain and hail and crazy winds, gust of winds, but at least it wasn't tornadoes. So, wow. Wow. So, when it, when it comes to your equipment, I mean, is there any body armor, particular brand of body armor that you use on these rides? Or are you just whatever jacket you're running with that you always wear? Is that what you're using? You have protective pants, boots, waterproof equipment, all that stuff? I'm sure. But. Well, I do. Um, I wear, you know, I, I guess since they're not sponsoring, I won't give their names. But... um. <laughs> I do wear uh, a lot of body armor. I mean, I ride every day. I sold my car. I had a Jag, you know, trying to be the responsible adult and do all this kind of stuff about four or five years ago. And I, I just got rid of it and been on two wheels ever since. So um, literally, I ride every day. And um, so I have, you know, padded pants and, and, you know, all the proper gear for all weather. I mean, once you're all in, you're all in. So, I mean, I probably have over $4,000 worth of gear um, alone. And so um, I do kind of, you know, travel as light as I can. I, I want versatile equipment, you know, um, with uh, just kind of over pants, you know, rain suit things that if I do get caught, I, I put that stuff over what I'm already wearing because that has the pads in it. Right. Um, but I mean, nothing that I've used so far is, actually really waterproof <laughs> so i'm always entering the hotel soaking wet and oh, um man. carrying you know unstrapping things with you know bungee cords and whatever uh so 
this last year I traveled a lot lighter than I did the first year. And this year I plan on traveling even lighter than that. I mean, basically, you know, a pair of pants that I'm wearing, one in the bag, maybe three shirts, some undergarments for maybe three, four days. And that's it. I mean, you know, other than uh, some basic uh, emergency kit, um, obviously being a diabetic, I have to make sure I have my um, insulin and, um, and medication and things of that nature. But and then, of course, I, I carry um, information from the American Diabetes Association. They do a great job of getting me um, flyers and pamphlets and things that I can hand out um, during my trip and at the events that we do have. All right, cool. Yeah, I was trying to get an idea as far as how much weight you're carrying as well. <laughs> so. Well, I took a um, one bag. It was a, uh, I want to say, 40-liter bag. It was waterproof bag. Um. And that was it. And then a tank bag. And that was it. Wow. So, nice. uh, oh, wait, no, I did bring, there's a huge pipe on my, on my right side. So I can't stick any bags there because it'll burn it up. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I was able to stick a single bag, uh, hanging off the left. And I, um, because the warrior is a gas guzzler mm-hmm. and, um, it only has four gallons. So I did run out of gas. I believe I was in, New Mexico. I was in New Mexico. And, um, the unfortunate thing about New Mexico is, and, and that route in general, I just won't pick on uh, New Mexico, but you have a lot of gas stations that are closed, like closed oh. down. So you'll see wow. the sign and you'll say, Oh, okay. Gas here. <laughs> Here's one gas here. No, it's just, you know, dust and dirt and, and, oh, man. and disappointment. <laughs> So, um, so having done the ride the year before, I knew that the, the warrior, it would be tight on some of the stretches, um, that I would get to. So I brought an extra gallon and I ended up needing it. So that's what I had. Nice. Yeah. And you mentioned that nothing is really waterproof and I can sort of attest to that because the cruiser that I ride, I don't have a windshield or anything. So yeah, it's even with the rain suit, I still end up getting wet. Oh yeah. You know, if it rains hard enough, you still end up getting wet. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, stand on the motorcycle topic. So, when we met you in Birmingham, did you partake in the barber festivities as well? Yes, I um, was invited um, actually by Brian Case. Uh, he and I, um, the designer of the Modus motorcycle, he and I graduated college together. Believe it or not, and um, he told me that, hey man, you know this is the place to be and the event to go to. Um, so, I made it a a point to get there this year and um, not just to check out uh, the barber, but also check out, um, you know, his, his setup there at Modus. But um, it was, it was interesting. And I think, you know, and he told me that, you know, to be a motorcycle enthusiast, you know, this is a place that's going to really tap into um, all the senses of, of, of being a true motorcycle guy. And and it did. I mean, you know, the history of it. Agreed. Um, the, uh, atmosphere and the knowledge, you know what I mean? Of those who, uh, not just built and designed the motorcycles, but those who rode or, or appreciate different, uh, eras of the motorcycle, exactly. you know, and as a designer, I can appreciate that, um, on every level. Yeah. We, yeah. we were in awe over the, as we, we call it the diversity of bikes and people oh. at, at Barber. It was just. It was kind of breathtaking to see all the different bikes and, you know, I'm 
I may ride a Harley, but I can appreciate all of them. And it's, it's cool. Very cool crowd too. Mm-hmm. Definitely a rider's crowd. I mean, this was oh, not, yeah. this was not necessarily a, you know, just a, a ride in and party crowd. Like these were mm-hmm. riders. This was a really cool event. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what was your favorite part about the whole event? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say, uh, the event itself, um, <laughs> I'm gonna geek out. I'm a geek out for a minute. <laughs> um, so being an industrial designer, my track, um, uh, was exhibit design. So I designed, um, museums around the country. And so for me, the museum setup itself and the way that they displayed everything had the feel of a kid setting up his, uh, Hot Wheels in his room. You know what I mean? And, 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 and displaying him in such a fashion that, you know, he can invite his friends over and they can also appreciate his Hot Wheel collection, you know? And for me, that feeling and just being able to stand in the center of it, in the core of it and get, you know, in any direction, um, an eye shot of, you know, forties motorcycles or, you know, race cars or, you know, the new fangled, you know, H2. And it was just a all in one shot. I mean, if you, if you spun around in a circle, you could feel the history of it. And I think they did a great job designing that and creating that feeling, um, that emotional attachment, um, within the, the building itself. Nice. Oh, so that was in the museum itself. Cause we didn't, that actually, was the museum itself. Yeah, yeah. We didn't actually make it to the museum. We, Oh my goodness. Well, we only yeah. <laughs> long we, story. We drove through the parking lot. <laughs> We only ended up spending one day at the festival, despite oh. despite taking three days off, but obviously a day ride down there and a day ride home. So mm-hmm. poor planning, I guess. Yeah, but you guys, yeah, next year you guys definitely have to check out the um, the museum itself, and it looks like they're trying to expand it um, a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was actually surprised about was the the land that they take up. I mean, I didn't realize they had their own track. Yep. And, I mean, you got you got off road riding, and it's amazing. It's a, it's like a theme park almost. Yeah, <laughs> I was just just in awe how well organized they were. Just parking all those bikes, dealing yep. with the cars, and everything. just the the sheer traffic of it all. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, that'd be a good place to set up uh, maybe a mini ride next year, right? You'd have a mini awareness ride on the Barber Weekend. Yeah. Definitely. Or, definitely. Or, or getting to it. That's kind of something we talked about was maybe getting a ride together to get down to Barber, mm-hmm. you know, maybe on Thursday or Friday. That'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, the biggest thing is, is I don't know if a lot of people know about it, you know, and um, not to kind of advertise them. But I think, you know, as it was told to me, if you ride and this is mm-hmm. your lifestyle, then you need to understand, you know, kind of where it all began and why is it where it is now? Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think they might be better served if they, I don't want to say drop it, but kind of downplay the vintage part because to be honest, I'd heard about it before, but it was like, okay, well I like vintage bikes, but I can only take just so much of that. But there was just, it's much more than that. You know, and I think, they could do a little better job of just saying, oh, yes, it's a vintage fest. That's kind of the core, but mm-hmm. there's so much more there than that. I agree. And, and I think you counteract that by having an event that's 
a modern event, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. all the newer sports bikes and the racing and everything and, you know, maybe uh, in the spring. So the fall is kind of looking back and then the spring is kind of looking forward. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe that's an approach that'll bring in, you know, that younger demographic that, you know, wants to look at the sports bikes and wants to look at the race cars and, and things of that nature. Because I, I was like you, you know, I'm like vintage bikes, you know, I, I can have an appreciation of it, but <laughs> that's not my deal. Yep. Um, but, um, but, you know, when I was there, I was surprised to see a lot of, you know, newer, innovative stuff. Um, in the biker industry and the, and the vendors that they had there. Um, and so it was, it was, it was a great experience. It, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be walking in the door, but I was appreciated that I did. Yeah. Same here. So we're, we're, we're pretty, pretty sure we're going to go back next year and hopefully do something cool on the way or, or while we're there. Mm-hmm. Be good. So, you know, besides the, your website, I know you mentioned that, is that, that pretty much the best way to reach out if people want to, you know, donate or interested in becoming a sponsor and things like that? Well, um, they can also contact me on Facebook. Um, as far as donations, yeah, we do have a direct link, um, on, uh, the two wheels, one cause.com. And, uh, it sends it to PayPal. So it's fully secure. Um, you know, we found that was the best way to do it. You know, you get your receipt and all that good stuff. But, um, uh, but as far as contacting me, e- either way is is fine. Um, I would say that the Facebook page is more active. And um, so if you want to know the latest and greatest, um, what's there to do and, and how to get involved with the two wheels, one cause, then I would say that that's the, um, the route to go. We're actually planning a ride on the 21st um, of November. Uh, November is National Diabetes Awareness Month. So we plan to ride on the 21st. Uh, it is a Tampa, so it's a local ride. Um, okay. We're, we're going to go from uh, uh, one location is Ebor, which is kind of well-known uh, Cuban kind of area, and um, and then go down to uh, Bradenton Speedway, where they're going to do time trials, and there's a big car event. And so we're trying to introduce ourselves to the four-wheeled world so it can be a two meets four wheel um kind of deal you know because again going back to the idea that diabetes affects everyone um, i don't want to just you know say hey only i'm only going to concentrate on you know motorcyclists you know i want to concentrate on humans so um that's where we are in the expansion of it in the events so on your Going back to your road trip across the U.S., how long does that normally take you? Well, the hardcore guys will say, hey, you can get from Florida to L.A. in four days, but <laughs> but um, which you can. Um, but I typically uh, leave myself uh, a few days to rest. So I'll go like maybe two days of travel, um, two days of rest, kind of that pattern. Um, so it'll take me oh, seven, eight days or so to get there. Um, the last two years, I think I've been averaging about 16 days for the trip total. Um, but, you know, a lot of that is is trying to go out to different places and build these relationships. So, you know, like a L.A., I'll spend three days out there, you know, um, in like Texas and Louisiana, you know, um, I stopped in Dallas to try to build some relationships with some, 
individuals there and companies there. And so it's, it's, it's not just riding. It's not just promotion of two wheels, one cause is also that business development side of things and trying to get the sponsors and trying to get people involved to ultimately increase the awareness. So if it was just me riding across country, I think I could do it in mm-hmm. a little less time, <laughs> but it's, it's a purposeful ride. So I have to be mindful of that and, um, and make sure I accomplish that other side of the, of the thing too. Right. So, um, with that, this couples my next question with the community involvement and sponsorship. So as you ride to these certain steps, are you setting up the involvements of the community around the diabetes and this effort or future efforts? When, when I can, yes. Planting the seeds, um, right? Yeah. Uh, last, last year we, um, like I said, it was a, a science center. So we advertised, we promoted, um, uh, that we, that I was going to be at the event. Um, I had the motorcycle on display and had all the information there. And we were able to get, you know, families and people that wouldn't necessarily come to some motorcycle event. But they appreciate and interested in the idea that somebody or that a motorcycle is there. You know, it's pretty cool. All the kids love it. Um, even here at the Glazer Children's Museum, we had um, an event um, I, at the museum that I helped design. And they have been more than helpful in regards to bringing the community in to um, help out with uh, the knowledge or spreading knowledge of diabetes. And um, that, along with the American Diabetes Association, as I mentioned before, that they have a lot of different branches across country. So, you know, I reach out before and say, hey, look, I'll be in your city on this day. Is there something that we can do? Do you have a contact or something that I can post up and um, set up and then we can promote this idea of, uh, of diabetes awareness? And in most cases, um, we can and, and it works out. And then, and then at that point, um, we reach out to the local news, um, and radio and say, Hey, look, you know, we're doing this, you know, can you guys come down and cover? Um, as you guys know, um, it's hit or miss, you know, it's not a train wreck. So they're not right. that interested <laughs> all the time. Um, <laughs> so, um, especially in larger places like LA, I mean, uh, what I'm doing is a little blip. Right. But, uh, hopefully, you know, if we can increase um, the higher end sponsorships, then that won't be a blip. That'll be something that's, you know, newsworthy. Um, be just for sheer um, uh, muscle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the sponsorships. All right. Well, um, I know you're a busy man and I, I do appreciate you taking time to chat with us. We, you know, we had a great conversation at Modus and I'm glad we got an opportunity to expand that here today. Uh, but I do have one more quick question um, before sure. we let you go. So people might be wondering, or, or as am I, um, always looking for, for good causes to help out um, in terms, you know, whether it's monetary or, or just time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you had more money, what, what would that help you with the most? I guess what, uh, you know, where would that go? Or what's the biggest thing that you think you could do uh, if you had more? More money for two wheels, one cause means more outreach. Um, my schedule now is a lot more flexible. And just to kind of give you an idea, um, just in the past six months, we went to community events um, sponsored by the Urban League. Um, I'm speaking at a school uh, here in the next two weeks, uh, organized ride. So it's about reaching out to more individuals in a way that's not a corporate 
Um, and I don't mean that to offend, you know, mm-hmm. like American Diabetes Association, but sometimes it's not the message, it's the messenger. And, you know, a lot of people listen to a friend or a regular guy opposed to a, a corporation telling you X, Y, and Z. And that's what I want to do. I want to be that guy that, you know, anybody could know and say, hey, look, you, you know, pull you aside and say, hey, look, you might want to get tested. You might want to look into this. You might want right. to think about a lifestyle change, not just for yourself, but your next generation. Um, so you're not, you know, putting yourself more at risk. So as far as the, the money goes, is is more so marketing um, with more marketing means obviously more awareness, more awareness means more knowledge spread about the, the, the continent. So, gotcha. um, so that's, that's kind of your, your biggest spend right now is kind of marketing, getting the message out there. Yes. Yes. And, and, and not just out there, but in, in a, the, the most effective way possible. So gotcha. it actually means something. I don't want to just yell. I just want to, I want to make sure that. <laughs> <laughs> has to be focused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I wanted to be focused. And and then, you know, um working in marketing for a number of years, I understand that, you know, you have to cater your message uh to your audience, you know, so you can't just make a blanket statement and expect, you know, all different people, all different demographics, all different everything to to perceive and receive that message the same way. So, you know, it has to be um very purposeful messaging. Um, and that's, I think the most important, and that saves you a lot of advertising dollars as well. Okay. And then just one, one more tip for the listeners, if they're looking to spread, you know, spread the word or just spread information, what's sort of the number one tip or the number one piece of advice that you would give, you know, if you only had someone's attention for just a few seconds, you know, what, what's the one thing you would want to tell them? The one thing I would want to tell them is, um, be aware of self and those you care about. Um, you know, don't be afraid to ask the, the tough questions, um, again, to self or to someone else you care about. Don't be afraid to research information. Um, like I said, with the signs of diabetes, um, there are a number of diseases that start the same way, you know, tired and different things, thirsty and whatnot. Um, but do the research. And another fear that I know a lot of Americans have is going actually making that trip down to the doctor. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I actually had a doctor's appointment two days ago and I dropped my A1C one full point within the last three months. Um, so that's huge. Nice. You know? Um, and for those who don't know that, hey, look it up, you know, and see what that means for a diabetic to drop, you know, a full point of the A1C. So, it's those things. It's just be aware, you know, and um, and not be afraid of seeking knowledge. Well said. Wow. Yeah, I think that's my biggest takeaway is, you know, obviously I'm, I'm affected personally by family, as is Rico. And my biggest takeaway is just how many people are affected. I had no idea. I mean, I knew it was pretty widespread, but mm-hmm. the size and scope of it was was really unknown to me. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Rico, honey, uh, Final questions or thoughts from your end? Uh, one last thing, and I think uh, then we can t- turn him loose. Uh, <laughs> diet. Yes. You know, any changes in your diet? Uh, so for me, real uh, quickly, I-, I grew up in a household that we ate really healthy. Um, so, and then when I moved to Louisiana, I kind of strayed from that because of all that good Louisiana cooking. Right. Um <laughs> But uh, so for me, it, 
changing my lifestyle was more so going back to what I knew, um, eating healthy, um, eating balanced meals. Um, you can, as a, at least as a type two diabetic, you can pretty much eat anything you want. Or if you're pre-diabetes, you can pretty much eat anything you want within moderation and understanding your body and understanding, you know, what certain things that you eat will do to your body. You know, a lot of carbs, simple carbs will spike you a lot faster than complex carbs. So instead of eating a white bread, you know, grab wheat, you know, so those small little changes can help either um, set you in a path where you're not going to have diabetes or put you in a better situation to manage your diabetes. And, um, you know, it's not all about, you know, the salads and the things and whatever, because you do need to have everything else that, you know, people without diabetes eat. You just can't maybe instead of two spoonfuls of rice, you need one or those kind of things. Um, And I would say that's the biggest thing, but that's, that's a hard thing. I mean, when I talk on my, you know, video blog, when I travel across country about, you know, taking that step and making, putting forth the effort to change your lifestyle, you know, it's not a diet thing, you know, where you'll do it for, you know, three weeks and then forget about it or, you know, that kind of thing. It's a lifestyle change. If you want to live, then you need need to style things a little differently, you know, and, um, and, and, and find the motivation to make that change, you know, it might not be you, but it might be your child, you know, it might be your loved one, you know, that you say, Hey, look, you know what? I want to see, I want to grow old with you. I want to watch you for people with kids, you know, Mm -hmm. have their own kids, you know, or I don't want to be in a situation where I'm putting you, um, in, in, in a bad place where now you have to take care of me because I was too stubborn to take care of myself. Exactly. And so, you know, th- all those kind of things, um, kind of come into play, uh, especially, like I say, I, I'm more say about lifestyle Rico, um, than more the dieting or anything else, because it's, it's even more of that, you know, exercise or activity or, you know, all those elements are, are, you know, affecting the same thing. So it's just not one way to attack it, but it's, it's multiple angles. And I try to preach those same things. And my uh, co-host here, I'm trying to get him more active and eating better and such like. So just like you, I, the whole corporate um, thing is not a bad thing. But as a person mm-hmm. and having these relationships and just being able to have like a casual conversation about making lifestyle changes. So mm-hmm. it's great that you go. And I can hear the passion in your voice about it. And it's great to have that um, that passion. Uh, yes, about sir. what you're doing. So yes, that's great. Sir. And the fact you're doing it on two wheels, that makes it so much more cool. Oh man, <laughs> exactly. I was like, Hey, look, you know, let me, let me do something that, you know, you don't see every day and then hopefully, you know, get some kind of different kind of attention, you know? And, uh, and that was, you know, in, in thinking of how am I going to uh, present my message? Um, that was one of definitely one of the things that, came up how many guys you see traveling across country you know preaching this by themselves you know and then even as a deeper thing as an african-american i don't see too many young brothers doing anything like this um so it's kind of like one of those again layered approaches to um to this marketing idea right right well great good stuff well we wish you the best of luck on the on your next long ride and you said this in may right uh, yes, the long ride, the, the short ride is made, or excuse me, um, November 21st. 
And the next long ride um, from Tampa to Vancouver, Seattle, um, Los Angeles back to Tampa will happen in May, June. Good stuff. Cool. And one of us from Loud Pipes <laughs> may be able to join you. On Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I know I can get two weeks um, and do something like that. Because mm-hmm. I, I have family out, out west as well. So I could, you know, easily pop in and say hi on that trip and come back. But again, that's something me and Rich have always wanted to do is just do a, a nice long cross country ride, but not really think we haven't really p- put it into play because the, the timing of it all, you know, he has kids, he has a wife and, you know, and family. And mm-hmm. so do I. And just planning that whole thing out for, you know, 25 days, I think you say it, it, it normally takes you to <laughs> yeah. do such a long stint and be away from your family for that long. It's hard, but I, I say, you know, two weeks, I think we could do it or a week and a half, something like that. So, you know, if, if you guys can uh, only join me for one leg or a certain, you know, portion of the ride, that that's fine. You know, I met a guy. Uh, on the way out there, a police officer, he was riding to meet his friends out in Vegas. So we rode through two and a half states together and, and that's, that's what it was. So it's, it's fine. Come on out. Um, I know it's definitely difficult. And that's why I think the biggest reason that I have to ride by myself is because people can't get off, yeah, you know, that much time. Yeah. It's tough. A month, you know, from work. Um, me, if I have computer, uh, internet access, I can do work. So I'm a lot more flexible than, a lot of the people did I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think, um, sort of the, the community or the grassroots thing will help more is, you know, if you had something at almost every stop, you wouldn't really feel like you're alone. Like you're only alone in the sense that you're going from point to point. And then once you get there, you know, you've got a gathering right. to sort of, you know, prop you up and get you off to the next station. Right. And that's key. And that's key. And I, and I will say this, you know, and you had talked about sponsorship, you know, there's only a few, uh, aspects of the sponsorship, you know, obviously the, the motorcycle itself, um, the gas for the trip, um, the food for the trip and, um, the room and board for the trip. So, um, as we look for sponsors, we're looking for those things to say, Hey, you know, here's a, a, a you know, $2,000 gift card for gas or $1,000 gift card for food or, right, right. you know, those type of things that, um, that help the ride out and, um, you know, and as we go forward. So those, those are the type of major things as far as two wheels, one cause is um, concerned. And, and the, the May ride, that's the, that's the biggest push that we're looking to, um, to fulfill. Cool. Yeah. And if you don't have, you know, if you don't have, um, you know, money to, to contribute, there's always, you know, your time and, and sharing the message. That's always yes. valuable as well. Of course, of course, like, share, share the website. Um, I know everybody's on social media. We are on Twitter. Um, I'm trying to get better at <laughs> filling my Twitter with tweets, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but Facebook is pretty active and, uh, and then we try to keep everything as updated as possible on the website as well. Cool. So this will be, this will be episode 31 for us. So the direct link for everyone will be loudpipes.net slash 31. And for this show or for this episode, we'll have all the links to, uh, um, what Nev's doing, you know, his website, Facebook, you know, some direct links to the sponsor button, things like that. Um, the donation button rather. And yeah, it'll, it'll all be there. Plus, like I said, we'll share it out on our Facebook page and other media outlets as well. Much appreciate guys. I'm glad you guys, um, took an interest in two wheels, one cause and, and what I'm doing and what we're trying to do, um, to, uh, get diabetes awareness, 
out there to the masses. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us. We do appreciate it and take care. All right. You do the same. All right. So once again, just want to thank, thank Nev for hanging out with us and it was fun. It's fun to do interviews like that, Rico, you know, whether we're remote or in person, it's just, it's cool to sit down with someone who's passionate and it just lucky for us. He's also passionate about motorcycles, which ties in with us nicely and uh, he's supporting a great cause. So it's a good interview. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Great guy. And I look forward to a lot of updates from him and where he's at in life. So you're going to, you're going to try and do the ride this year. I don't, I don't think I can swing it this year. I mean, the, the 2017 planning sounds more interesting to me where he's going to swing up the East coast, but I don't think it's in the cards for me this year. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll see where I'm at in May. And if I can swing maybe two weeks, I could probably do a week and a half, two weeks, you know, going out West. Cause that's something I always wanted to do is ride out West on my bike. Um, now that I have my man couch, right. I'm going to try to do that. You know, even if I get, uh, out towards Flagstaff, because I want to kind of ride through Flagstaff. That's one of those things on my bucket list to do. Um, so if I can get out there in a week, week and a half, I'll definitely take him up. I probably won't take the full stint. I think he's going to be out on the road for 25 days, I think he said. Um, so I don't think I can swing that and be gone for that long away from my fam. But uh, I'll do a, a couple legs with him and break yeah. off. Be fun. Be a fun ride. Yep. Awesome. So that's that's pretty much it for the interview. I I think we covered it and apologize it went long. And if you are still listening at this point in the show, then <laughs> then bless your heart, as they say here in the South. Um, I do have a couple of other quick mentions, though, and uh, just events that are happening that we might be attending here. The Charlotte Auto Show is coming up in, what did you say, John, eight days? Yes, that is correct, eight days. So I may check that out, um, see what kind of cool cars and trucks might be available. See if we can Corvette. get to right Corvette. See if we can get to speak to some people while we're there. They've got a press day, but and we talked about this offline. I don't think we're going to do that because that's it's kind of pay to play. So we'll just go on the public days. Um, kind of some sad car news is that the cars and coffee event here in Charlotte's been suspended, but they're looking for a new venue. So hopefully it's not too long before we get those up and running again. And last but not least, the auto fair coming back to the Charlotte Motor Speedway. That's going to be in April. We'll have to pin that, Rico, and get over there and check out all the cool stuff. I've been to that several times. That's a that's a good time. Yeah, and it's at my favorite track I like to kick butt on. Yeah, I'm sorry, what? So, so, so hey, another one, <laughs> since, we're, since you're plugging uh, 2016 shows, uh, let's not forget the Easy Rider show on January 23rd. Oh, yeah, we got to get on that. Easy rider, baby. Yeah. Yep. We got to pin that down for January. That's a. If you're talking April, we should start talking January. Yep. yep. That was a good time. You got to come back down, John. We got to do that again. Uh, I'll mark it on the calendar. Well, yeah, we should just plan to do that the same way, right? We'll all go. We'll go eat afterwards. We'll come back here to the, the compound and we'll do our episode fresh. I like it. Or record it up in the top section up there. In the what? Ah, that's a good idea. Uh, up in the top where the food area was. Oh, yeah, like the concourse. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, fellas, so I'll give my, my closing thoughts here. Um, as usual, our show notes and links, as well as images, can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 31 for this episode. Um, we'll also have links there to subscribe to the show via your 
podcast tool of choice, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. There's a one-click Android option. We also have uh, social media links there on our site if you want to reach out to us on the various social media networks. Uh, We also appreciate star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's a great way to help promote the show. And if you feel it's less than five stars or if you just want to chat, you can drop us a line at feedback at rdubstudios.com or there's a feedback link on our website that you can go to if you don't want to share your email address. All right, gentlemen, I think that's, that's been a good one here for episode 31. Last call. Great show, brother. Good times. As always, it's good hanging out. Indeed. Yeah, it was another good show. Enjoyed it. Good uh, cause for Neville and what he's doing. So, uh, again, thanks for him joining on our show, and hopefully everything, he has a nice, safe trip. Indeed. And once again, I'll just mention uh, twowheelsonecause.com. Check them out. Uh, donate if you feel feel like helping out. And with that, fellas, I think uh, put the kickstands up and ride on out. All right, brother. Guys, take it easy. All righty. Shambila. That's better. <laughs> awesome. This has been an RDub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.